Hey everybody, this is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and I'm your host, Doug Roberson. Today we are going to preview Atlanta United's Game 3 playoff match at Columbus Crew. Scheduled to be played Sunday, 7 o'clock. Kickoff is going to be 7.09. The game is going to be televised on Apple's MLS Plus platform. Or you can follow my coverage on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. This is going to be a mini pod today. I didn't really ask for any questions because y'all just heard from me on Tuesday and not a whole lot has changed in the past two and a half days before Sunday's game. This is, of course, the fourth time in five games these two franchises have faced off once in the regular season in the second to last game. And now for the third time in this best of three playoff series, again, a format that makes not a lot of sense to a lot of people, but it's what MLS wanted. So we're going to the game three. Winner goes on to play Orlando. Loser's season is done. You're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda and Caleb Wiley. We don't have any voicemails. I've got one email to read. So again, this is a bite-sized podcast just to uh, get you through maybe a, a lull in the day. And if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I would go through the numbers for you, but there's not a lot to talk about. Columbus won the first game 2-0. Atlanta United won the second game 4-2. Yorgo Shakamakis with a goal and two assists in that one. Tiago Almada uh, also scored for Atlanta United. Jean De Silva also scored for Atlanta United. Cucho Hernandez scored for Columbus. And then a player whose name I can't remember for the life of me scored the last goal for Columbus close to stoppage time. So having faced this team, now we'll schedule to face this team for the fourth time in five games. I asked Pineda if there were any surprises. I don't think there are many surprises at this point, not just between us two, but in general in the league, most of the teams are consistent with what we have been doing throughout the whole season at the end, at least the last part of the season. So I don't think there are many surprises. Yeah, you can tweak little things, but I wouldn't call that surprise. Now, Mateus Uzetu left game two with a calf injury. Talked to him in the locker room afterward. He said he thought he was going to be fine. He went out and, and began training with his teammates today, and then he left the training session. Pineda said he's day-to-day, so that means Jay Fortune may come in and start game three. He started game one, and he was asked, I think by Sam Jones, 
how Fortune, how his skills translate as a defensive midfielder? Well, a couple of things. One is his physicality. Mm-hmm. I think he's one that uh, can match the intensity of uh, of many attacking midfielders. So uh, that's number one. Defensive skills are pretty good. And then on the ball, he's pretty dominant as well. He likes to receive the ball between the lines and throws the ball forward. He has some, also some change of pace on the on the move, so he can dribble past uh, players. So he has a very good skill set, but also I like his mentality, his competitive mentality. He's he's a winner. And then Tristan Miyamba had a just a massive game in game two, all over the field. Really disrupted Columbus's attack. A good ball distributor. Wanted to know from Pineda why that performance was vital. Well, he had a monster performance in terms of pressing actions, recovery balls, uh, dictating tempo on the ball. Um, he was everywhere. He was literally everywhere. And uh, and the way the way he takes the angles to cover ground and and the spacing awareness that he has to defend and attack is fantastic. Um, which has been consistent. I think this game he stepped up a little bit higher uh, level, but uh, he's been pretty dominant almost in every game. This one shined a little bit more, and I'm glad he did because he had a tremendous game. And why is that particularly important against a team like Columbus that likes to hold the ball and build out from the back and, and can be very patient in its attack and in its movements? Well, it's just, I mean, Columbus has many strengths, but I, I think that one of their main strengths is their pairing in midfield. Mm-hmm. I think uh, those two normally dictate tempo, normally are very physical midfielders. And I think this game, Tristan, Rosetto, Gianni, they did a great job against them. And and I, I think that we were the dominant team in that part of the field. So that's why it was important because um, Midfielders dictate are the style of the team, right. and if you have midfielders that don't like to receive in between the lines, that don't like to progress the ball forward, then sometimes you don't have the, the type of possession that, that you want to. So it's, I'm glad that all the midfielders that I have are good on the ball, good off the ball, and, and we can match that intensity against Columbus. Now Atlanta United has to go to Lower.com Field Sunday night. Columbus has lost just once, I think at Lower.com Field this season. Here's Spaneda talking about how Atlanta United can win on the road. Yes, I think it's a tendency in this league. I mean, we know that probably it's one of the most in in the world that uh, being uh, the home advantage matters. So for me, it's just uh, where you put your focus and your attention. And and we have to put the focus and the attention in the little things and the little principles, how I can do to help my teammate in defense, how I can do to hurt the opponent in attack. So all those little things, I think is is the attention of the players has to be there in the little things. Connecting my first couple passes, winning my first couple duels, then you start to gain confidence in the game. And and it's, it's one of those that is mental. It's a mental game. And in this playoff games, uh, if you are mentally strong, uh, you respond well when you play away. And Pineda had an interesting admission that he probably should have put the subs in earlier in game two. I, I can remember sitting there in the press box looking at the clock going, I wonder why Pineda hasn't put them in yet around the 65th minute, which is typical 60-65, but he waited a little bit. And here's some of his reasoning why. Well, part of the reflection, the analysis on my side is that they were a little bit late. So I felt that it took me 10 minutes to make that decision. And I think 10 minutes earlier could have been better for us. That uh, when I rewatch the game and feel the flow of it 
and maybe what I had is in my head is Shandy just missed that one and I didn't want maybe to, you know, be too critical and expose him a little bit. I want to give him a little bit of opportunity to come back and maybe score a goal or an assist. And that's what I had maybe in my mind. But now that I rewatched those 10 minutes before I saw the, the Saba and, 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 um, and Shande, I think uh, Columbus was dominant and created a couple of good chances. So we needed to that energy, that fluidity, but also how dangerous we can be in attack when the opponent is trying to to overload us. And then they know that with Edwin Tyler, we have a lot of energy in, in counters. So uh, I, I think I was late, but it's good to have those options. I have also Derek, which in this game I didn't use but it's another one that can change the game offensively for us. I think uh, in the first game he did quite well when he entered on the field. So I have options offensively, Jamal as well. So I have a good bench. We also spoke with Caleb Wiley today. There was a group of us out there, Sam and I, Jason, and, and some folks from some of the TV stations. was curious to ask Caleb, Columbus is at home. Columbus was the higher seed. What pressure? If any, does Atlanta United feel? I would like to say not much. I mean, I don't really want to. Obviously, for individually, individually, there's going to be pressure on us because you know it's a must-win game. And you lose, you go home, and you know Columbus are thinking the same thing. Um, so I mean, I guess there is, but um, it's it's good pressure. Right. Um, these are times. These are games that you know you really want to soak in. These are the games that are really going to be just a, a straight battle. You know, the, the soccer doesn't have to be, you know, the best, but, you know, it's it comes down to who wants it more. And so, yeah. And then, of course, Atlanta United set up to play defensively in game one. They didn't have Tiago Almada in that one. They were much more attack-minded, which is typically how they played during the season. Once they got Tiago back for game two, wanted to know, does Caleb think they're going to defend or does Caleb think they're going to be more of an attacking team on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think that's our attacking is our is one of our you know big you know objectives you know on this team. We love to attack, um, and then you know the defensive part is something that we you know we're always you know looking to to work on to get better on. Um, but definitely, we're not scared to to go there on Sunday and be a huge threat going forward. Also wanted to get Caleb's take on Mayumba and how he played in game two. Yeah, he I agree. He had an incredible game. Um, no, just like he, he was winning like every second ball. He was very aggressive, um, very smart on the ball. I mean, as you guys can see, he's very technical. Um, he understands the game really well. Um, and he's just a very impactful player for us, which uh, he's helped us a lot so far this season. With the ground he covered, does that give you a little more freedom I know you've been picking and choosing a little bit more when you're getting forward, but that, does that give you a little more room to, to get up the field? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we, we have a good connection. Um, you know, whenever he comes out, when he sometimes drop into that left back, deeper left back role, when I see that, I know where to go, um, whether that's higher or inside. Um, but yeah, just being on the same page, communicating and not, yeah. And then Caleb was asked about defending Julian Gressel, former Atlanta United player and a very important part of Columbus's tack, particularly bringing in balls from wide spaces to try to find Cucho. It's been amazing. I mean, I think, you know, we know Julian is a great player. Um, he's, a, he's a player that likes to get forward, put in good crosses. Um, 
And so, you know, it only helps me when I'm on that defensive side um, and how I want to defend him and stuff. But um, it's been a good challenge so far. Now, we're not even going to take a break on this one. We're just going to go right into the the one email that we got. And then we're going to wrap this up. So this is from Ben and Cherry, friends of the podcast, who said, I want to give some credit where it's due. First, to me. Well, thanks, but you don't have to do that, Ben. You've been saying for some time now that a field player needed to step up and provide some leadership for Atlanta United. I didn't realize how right you were until it happened Tuesday night. Which brings me to the second person who deserves some credit. That, of course, is Yorgo Shakamakis. In the team meeting earlier in the week, and in the game itself, Gigi stepped up with a veteran leadership that this team has been lacking since the retirement of Parkhurst and Laurentowitz. And the team responded in a huge way. Coffee sip. And I am going to take a coffee sip. Thank you, Ben. Oh, that's good stuff. I, on the other hand, Ben says, have been saying all year that the lack of mental toughness I saw was the fault of the coach. While the coach does have a lot to do with the team's mentality, to borrow a word from Joseph, I now realize that he can't do it alone. Every team needs that player who stands up for the team and his mates and helps the young guys keep their heads in the game. The way Gigi did that at several points during the game, notably after Silva's miss of an open goal, turned Atlanta into a much stronger unit, a much more dangerous opponent. For the first time, I think this team is a real threat to win this series and to challenge other teams in the postseason. Guzan absolutely deserves the captain's armband, but as you pointed out, there's only so much he can do on the field. Miles had a terrific game Tuesday and is a solid presence on the defense, but he seems to lack the instinct to rally and support his teammates the way Gigi did. Here's hoping Gigi continues to wear that mantle of leadership for the team for a long time to come. Ben. And he adds, P.S. Reese's cups are great, and I'll eat as many as you put in front of me, but everyone knows that M&Ms are the apex predator of candies. <laughs> I can't argue. M&Ms are pretty good. They might be my second favorite, Ben. Uh, that's a good call. And uh, Ben complimented the article I wrote about Yurgo Shakamaki's that appeared in the Thursday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and you can find it uh, if you want to search my Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. It was about a players meeting that the team had following the 2-0 loss in game one. Uh, it was held, called, held, whatever word you want to use, uh, by Yakamakis and Guzan to kind of talk honestly about some things and what the the players, I guess, may have been hesitant to, to tell the coaches or just not comfortable telling the coaches. Maybe it was a something personal about other players. Maybe it was something – I don't know what it was about. I was not in the locker room. But Yakamaki shared that the meeting was called. Um, some honest feelings were shared, and it was good. And, yeah, Yakamaki was definitely a leader in game two. He was the one that he gotten fouled a couple of times and just really chewed on first the referee and got a yellow card, then the assistant referee after Yakamaki was tripped near the box trying to run onto a three pass and, and no foul was called chewed on the assistant referee for a while. And he said he did it just to make sure that the young guys were focused and, and realized that this was an important game and, and this is worth fighting for. And not to say they weren't, but he just wanted to make sure that they were. And, you know, I've heard from different people that within the locker room, Yakamakis has really become uh, a vocal, strong leader and, you know, we don't go in the locker room immediately after games. We're not there after training sessions. So 
I can't say definitively whether this was something that was missing, but it certainly seems to be helping the team, and we'll see if it can continue in Game 3. I want to remind you that we have a subscription special package for three months. Subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts for 99 cents. Unlimited digital access. You get all of our newsletters. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. We have a voicemail you can call in, 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. I will be in Ohio on Sunday for the game. I'll be live tweeting, so I'll be slightly ahead of what you're seeing on TV or probably about the same as what you're listening to on the radio. But please look for the coverage of Game 3. Please consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And a reminder to please tell your friends about our show and give us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple. That's what helps us grow the podcast. As always, hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. I want to say uh, good luck to Carrollton in its big statewide debate tournament tonight and tomorrow. My son and, and former stepson are key members of the team, and I wish them all the luck in the world. Thanks for listening to Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Y'all take care. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.